the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth springs forth its shoots and as a garden causes what is sown in it, to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. It is now our third Sunday in Advent, and it is uh, the Sunday when we celebrate the gift in Jesus of hope the gift of hope given to us in the Christ child born in Bethlehem. And I have to say, I think Kendra did a pretty good job of preaching my sermon today because uh, she is right when she says that the way that the world talks about and thinks about hope is not the same as our hope in Christ. If you stop for a minute and you think about the way the world talks about hope, uh, for example, I hope to see you soon. Or I have a whole bunch of students right now who are at home thinking, I hope I get an A from Dr. Robinson. And as some of you may be thinking, I hope I can get a new job in the new year. Or, I hope I can get over my cough. Whatever it may be, 
We use hope as a way of talking about what we want to have happen, what we're wishing for, what we desire. And of course, when we use hope in that way, we might just be disappointed. I might not see you soon. My students might get bees. Maybe you won't get a new job in the new year. There are all these things we use this word hope to indicate, but, but they're just as likely that we're going to end up disappointed over that thing. You know, the kid who says, I'm hoping this Christmas I'm going to get a scooter, and then they get clothes and a coloring book. Worldly hope is often going to disappoint us. Because it's based in human capacities and human abilities. If we hope that the, that the human being is going to fix the world, if we hope that the human being is never going to go to war, if we hope that the human being is never going to get sick, we are living in a false kind of hope. It's a wishing, but it isn't rooted and grounded in anything that is lasting anything that is solid. You see, when we talk about our hope in God, we are talking about a hope that is literally promised by God to be fulfilled. We may not see it immediately. We may have to wait for it and watch for it, but it is a sure and certain hope of God's promise of salvation, of God's promise of restoration, of God's promise that things will be as they should be in God's time. Uh, that's probably why the author of the letter of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 says hope is a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. Now that is such a great imagery of what hope is. It anchors us to God when the, the seas of life are, are stormy and rocking. We are anchored to God. We may drift a little here. We may drift a little there. But we are anchored to the sure and certain promise of God that we will be restored. That our salvation will come to those who watch and wait and hope in the living God. There is this certainty that if we can hold on to that anchor in whatever comes our way, we know we will be all right. When we come to this passage toward the end of the book of Isaiah, the prophet, we have to realize, is in exile speaking to God's people who are in exile in Babylon. You will remember that the problem with God's chosen people is that they stopped doing what God wanted them to do. They stopped listening to God. They stopped following through on the things that they were supposed to do. And most of all, they weren't taking care of the widow and the poor and the orphan and the stranger, doing the kind of justice, being righteous in the way that God asked them and us to be 
So first of all, they're not doing what they should be in that way, and then they're chasing after other gods. They're prioritizing these idols made by human hands. They're putting their hope and their faith in other gods, in things that are not eternal and not lasting. It's like saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to put my, my, my hope and my faith in the stock market because that'll save me until the stock market bottoms out. The people in Isaiah's time, because they're not following God, they're not anchored in the way they should be, they end up being conquered by the Babylonians, the important people, they're taken off into captivity, into exile, and all the other less important people are left to fend for themselves in a city that has been destroyed. The temple is destroyed, most of Jerusalem is in ruins, and here are the people left to fend for themselves. It is a bleak and difficult time. And here comes Isaiah, in the midst of one of the worst possible times, and says, hope in your God. And then he proceeds to say, if you are being uh, held captive by something, God is going to set you free. If you are feeling oppressed by this or that, God is going to liberate you. If you are brokenhearted, God is going to bind up your wounds. If you are grieving, God is going to lift you up. If you are in the midst of devastation, God is going to rebuild and restore and renew. This is the main message that Isaiah is bringing to the people. And listen, when I come to Advent and Christmas season, I always recognize that there are probably as many people who are in kind of a bad place and despairing as there are people who are happy and excited and, and thrilled about the Christmas season. You know, for some people, this may be the, the first Christmas without a loved one. Or maybe this Christmas, uh, they, they have an illness or someone they love is ill. Or maybe they're disappointed that their family can't gather together and they're going to be kind of on their own this Christmas. There, there are always people who feel a little bit hopeless during this season of Advent and Christmas. And yet... Isaiah says to all of us, you are anchored in the living God. No matter what comes to you in any season of the year, you will not be overcome by the waves if you realize that your hope, your salvation is in the living God who is sure and steadfast and his promises are true. We always have to be open and awaiting the promises of God, no matter how long, oh Lord, those promises take. So Isaiah gives us this picture of how we are to rest in that hope in God, no matter what else is happening. If we place our hope anywhere else, we're sure to be disappointed in one way or another, but the salvation of our God, that renewal, that restoration, that is what we hold on to 
as people who believe in Christ. Now, I think there's a second piece of this message of hope from Isaiah. He's clearly saying to us, whatever you are feeling, wherever you are at, if you feel like you are in exile, if you feel like uh, things aren't going the way you want them to, to go, if you're afraid of something, hey, our God, the gift of hope in Jesus is a sure anchor. Hold on to it, and God will hold on to you. But Isaiah is doing another thing here. Think about this. Isaiah was faithful through all of uh, the stuff leading up to being conquered by the Babylonians. He spoke God's word. He did everything God asked him to do, and yet he finds himself in exile with all the rest of them, longing for home, longing to be free. And yet what does Isaiah do? He brings hope to God's people. He brings hope to those who are in earshot of him. And it says to us that you and I, we are to bring hope into a hurting world. We are to bring the message of that hope and that sure and steadfast anchor in God to others. If you know people who are feeling down and out this Christmas season, we are the ones who, like Isaiah, are to go to the people and speak the hope and the promises of God and lift them up. There is a high school in uh, that around Las Vegas somewhere, and it's, it's got 3,000 kids in this high school, and, and at least a third of the kids uh, are in poverty. Uh, they are in the foster system. There's a lot of tough stuff that's going on with the kids in this high school. And so every year they have a program they call Wishmus, where they have the kids write down uh, what they would uh, hope to get for Christmas, and why they want that. Well, uh, one of the teachers at that school, upon re receiving the, uh, the spreadsheet that had 900 kids in need of something, as she was reading this, she made a video which went viral, of course, because she's reading some of the things that these kids are asking for on this list. Like one kid says, I'd like a bag of chips so I'm not so hungry at Christmas. And another kid says, I'd like a pair of slippers because I'm always cold. And some of the kids are, I'd like uh, to be able to get my little brother something because otherwise he'll have nothing. And some of them are, I'd like my mom to have a gift. But these kids are asking for very simple and modest kinds of things, things that you and I have a tendency to take for granted. I can't imagine asking for a bag of chips for Christmas. When this teacher put this up and this video went viral, of course, you can imagine people started to say, I'll get something for this kid, I'll do something for that kid. And uh, 
uh, probably by now all 900 names on that list uh, have been granted what they were hoping for for Christmas. But listen, that's not the real hope that we find in this story. In fact, some of the kids are probably disappointed now. I asked for chips. <laughs> I could have had an Xbox. You know what I'm saying. But, but the real hope is this. That the goodness of the world still exists. That people who are willing to help those in need will step out and, and do go above and beyond and go the extra mile to help someone who's in need, that they will say, you're not in this alone. You're not left to fend for yourselves. There are people out there who will care for you, who will help you, who will lift you, who will remind you that this world has hope that is grounded in restoration and a good future. These kids were, were, were lifted by the relationships of other people who were willing to walk with them through this season. You see, that's where hope comes in. We are to walk with others. We are to help others. Like with our angel tree, we are to do these kinds of things that can bring hope into a hurting world all the while knowing that it is our God who is anchoring us and keeping us now and forever on this journey no matter what. As we come to really the last week of this Advent season. Next Sunday is Christmas Eve, and I want to ask you, have you been preparing your hearts and your spirits? While you're preparing your homes, while you're preparing your food, while you're preparing by shopping, have you been preparing your hearts and your spirits to receive the Christ child again this year? It's not too late. It's not too late to drop that anchor again and to tug on that rope and to remember that the living God is holding us now through all things, whatever we see in the world, whatever we see in our lives. It's our opportunity to open ourselves once again to receive the gifts of peace, of joy, of hope, and of love that are the very substance of our salvation. So, people of God, where is your hope in this season? Will you take hope to a hurting world? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.